Welcome to 20 Minutes of Filler, episode 21. I am Jason Katarski. I'm Andy Lennox. And we are here to bring you 20 Minutes of Gaming Goodness where we talk about those great little games that kind of fill all the nooks and crannies of your lives. <laughs> What's up, Jason? Well, dude. I heard, a... I heard you went to Origins. <laughs> you know, I did. I saw you in passing. It was weird. Like, we're we're always here together in real life, and then we're away, like, at this big convention where you have these cool reunions, and you're playing games, and, like, we had, like, 20 minutes together total. It's because our entourages were too big that we couldn't, like, <laughs> physically get near each other. Our people were keeping <laughs> us away, keeping us away. That's awesome. Um... So yeah, it's been a couple weeks since we've had um, uh, an episode proper. I was summer break. Yeah, a little summer break. I, t- I went on vacation with my family after uh, after Origins. So uh, and we did do an Origins recap show, but that was really mostly just interviews I did on the showroom floor. So if you didn't check out episode twenty, go back and do that. It's thirty five minutes of filler. Yeah, deluxe. It's twenty minutes of filler deluxe. There are rules, so we're allowed to break <laughs> yeah. them. We do what we want, <laughs> and when you have your podcast, you can too. Until the listeners stop listening because you've broken your rules, the rules that they've come to appreciate. We're going to try not to break too many rules that you appreciate because we know you want goodness, we know you want a quick, we know you want a real. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to bring that today. So let's just talk a little bit about Origins, man. Like just, you know, a couple So dudes. yeah, I went up there with uh, Jason Slingerlin and Rob Couch of the Building the Game podcast. Which that show, look it up on iTunes if you're not already listening to it. If you, make, if you make games or you want to make games... Or like, if you're even interested in looking under the hood of what goes into making yeah. games. And those guys are fun and nice, and um, I just had a great time hanging out with those guys. Uh, we wrote, we recorded two episodes of their show, so you can hear me over there, a little cross-promotion. Yeah, dude, you're totally cheating on me. <laughs> <laughs> While you were on break, I was recording <laughs> other people's podcasts. Um but yeah, there's two episodes with me in it, and we talk a, a little bit about what we're going to do at Origins on the way there, and then coming back, like what we did. So, overview of that is just we brought our own game prototypes. Because you're a bit of a game designer. Just a little bit. I'm working on a couple things. Um, so, we brought our own game prototypes, and we played them with each other, and we had you know, feedback for that. So, that was really, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I'm working on a game, and... Um, I got to play it with uh, Chris Kopak. Oh yeah, great guy. Chris I, is awesome. This it was really cool going to Origins because I got to meet a lo- I got to meet a lot of people who I know from Twitter and I know from the show. So shout outs to everybody. Yeah, specifically, let's talk about Chris Kopak for just a second. Cause, yes. Okay. If you if you're at a convention and you like cool dudes. Right? I, I love cool dudes. You have a lot of great little fillers that they carry around with them everywhere. Yes. You're going to want to find Chris Kopak. He's the master. And I think his, his Twitter is at the Kopak, C-O-P-A-C. Yeah. At the Kopak. Yeah. 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 And um, follow him. He's he, he's he is one of the premier game teachers yes. there is. He just breaks it down. Like he taught me Guildhall two, years, uh, two Origins ago, like at three o'clock in the morning. He had had a few drinks already <laughs> and he was still so calm and even and he just step by step took me through the process. I've never read that rule book and I'm grateful for it. And he's got some similar taste in games. He likes yeah. he likes games that are good for sure. Oh, I like those too. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so check him out, dude. He's, he's, and he's a fan of the show. He's a listener. We appreciate you listening, Chris, and we appreciate your game teaching abilities and we appreciate we need to get him on the show. We should. We should. Because he he's got something cool we want to talk about. But we'll keep that. Um, we'll reveal that cool yes. thing for the show. 
So hanging out with a bunch of those dudes, one funny thing that happened was we were trying to, we were looking for some food and we saw Jeremiah Lee. Oh yeah. And his whole family, uh, his whole family. Oh yeah. They all came. <laughs> they all came and we're walking, we're all walking through the parking lot in this giant group. And Jeremiah goes, Hey, look, it's my Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Because it was just like everybody that's on Twitter chatting with each other, like all in one giant group. It was pretty fun. Yeah, that's you know that's what's cool about Origins is that's what it feels like. Even though there's this year there was like a thirteen thousand people there. That um, that's like a is that a record? For well, them? I don't know if it's a record, but it's it's the best one in years. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I've only been going for you know four or five years now, so I don't know how if it was ever bigger before that. But, um. The hobby's growing and doing cool things, and Origins is uh, Gamma, who puts out Origins, is getting their stuff together. So it was a good turnout. Mm-hmm. But you go to this big convention, and, and that's what it feels like. It feels like your Twitter feed. You know, like, yeah. it's like you're getting to see your friends who are into your sweet, geeky hobby um, that you interact with on Twitter, if you interact with on Twitter, or, you know, maybe your board game geek friends, or like. You just get to go and hang out with publishers that are a little more laid back because it's not a Gen Con sized event, but it's it's big, but it's not as big. Mm-hmm. So you get to go up to these booths where like publishers and designers are hanging out and interact with people, make new friends, um, meet people. What a what a cool convention! So next year, if if you don't have it on your calendar already, um, you got to plan on going to Origins, and, and it's in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. I only went for a day, and that was a mistake. I really should have yeah. made it. I should have I should make it longer next time, at least the weekend because. I had a really great time, um, and it was everything that game. Everything that I love about gaming is the people and the friends you make and the connections that you make with people while gaming. And that's what that's what I did for like the twelve hours I was there. Is just make connections with people and talk to people and have a good time and play games with them. And it was it was perfect. Awesome, that's cool. You know, you mentioned earlier. You know, you went with Rob and Jason, and uh, I went with Rob and uh, Jeff Large from Happy Mitten Games to Protospiel, and we just went for a day to Milwaukee, which oh. was like a five-hour drive there. Hung out for the day, drove back at home, super super late, and we agreed we did it the wrong way. You can't just go for a day, no. but um, it, it, we went there together and ended up playing games together a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just said you went, you went with you these dudes just from a few hours in away. Kalamazoo. Yeah, you could have hung out at their house instead of going all the way to Columbus. Yeah. You know, so. Um, and it's obviously it's it's about the atmosphere too, yeah. you know. But um, what were you doing with them? What what kind of stuff were you playing with those guys? So Jason Slingler has a game called uh, Gunsling and Ramblers, where you are drink whiskey drinking, gun shooting, poker playing. It is a family show. The- <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's it's very cartoonized though, and you're you're actually it's funny because you're playing poker, but it's like this very simplified version of poker where you have one card that has two poker hands on it. Okay. And one side like an is... an entire hand on the card, Yes, right? the yeah. hand is printed on the card. Like, <laughs> uh, and, like, you pick which side you want to play. The one is cheating and one is not cheating. You have you only ever have three cards in your hand. So you're playing this fake version of poker, and then you're like, if people catch you cheating, they can shoot you, and then you're passing <laughs> out drinks, and then people, like, all the ramblers, as they're called, are, are getting drunk and passing out at the bar. And <laughs> it's just a goofy, goofy game, and... Uh, this that, is one of his prototypes that he's been yes, working on. Yes, he's been talking. Right? And if you listen to that show, you know exactly what I'm talking about because he's been working on it for forever. But like, I I played it before and it was it was fun. But then he made some changes to it like recently that just it's ridiculous now. It's just so stupid and fun. Um, and then we played Rob Couch's Innkeepers, which is like I got to play that at Proto Spiel. It's pretty cool. Like that's gonna. Like he's still working on it, but that's going to be awesome. Like my favorite, you, you build these little inns, and it's like a weird Wild West shopping mall 
where you've got like your saloon and you attach a laundry to it and like you build it by putting these tiles down and then filling it with like cubes and then the cubes act as like supports for the next layer of the thing that you're building and when you finish a layer you you get to do special abilities and stuff. Yeah, they they like when you build a certain room in combination with another room it attracts a certain yes, like and that's person how, and, and that's, that's like how you the get big points. scoring thing. Yeah. Um and it's it's a neat system visually it's very cool. It's it's still in development so it's got some work but we're talking about games right now that you might see in a real box in a real shelf someday oh, soon. You Those two games are they're they're coming. They're coming. They're yeah, but what about on. your game? What were you there playing? I was playing Zushido, which is a uh so not many people know this, but after the zookeepers go home, all the animals at the zoo don their samurai armor and have deadly samurai duels. Oh, yeah, nice. So I decided to make a game about the reality of the zoo. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> the truth. It's It was a two-player card game uh, until Origins. Uh, nice. Where you, you play, each card has a different suit, and each suit has a different action, and you have to like build up some energy and then uh, get your cards into such a configuration to where you can like have combinations of cards in play so you can do damage to your opponent. Um, but I figured out how to make it multiplayer and uh, I figured out the theme for it. Like I didn't have really have a theme until it was just like bland, dull. We called it the martial arts game. Yeah. Cause it was going <laughs> to be, it was some sort of fighting. Yeah. Um, but now it has a cool theme, and you can play multiplayer, and it's made a lot of progress since Origin. So I'm really happy about that. Cool, um, man. That's yeah. that's really exciting, man. Uh, I've been working on that for a while. I've played it. It's a fun. It's a fun game. Um, that's good to hear that you go and you make progress. You hang out with other designers, and like you throw out really, ideas, and yeah, things happen. It lights a fire under your butt when you when you choose to just put it in front of people. I think that we went to Unpub last year with our other game, and that really wasn't coming along as nearly as much as when we were forced to sp- just sit down and put the game in front of like 15 game groups you know absolutely <laughs> and it really like when you're forced to put it in front of somebody then it it really i don't know this is not really a game design podcast but it's sort of turning into that right now <laughs> it is a little bit but, that, but this, it's a, it's a part of it and yeah. and that was a bit of our experience and if you're interested in more of this kind of stuff i andy just mentioned unpub yeah. um and right now if you go to kickstarter you can type in unpub 5 and check out the Kickstarter campaign for the Unpub Games Festival. Yeah. It supports designers. Um, it supports publishers that are looking for good games. It's a festival that's going to happen in Baltimore, Maryland in February of yeah. 2015 where designers will come and test games. And they're raising money to make sure that games get tested. So that way we can have more cool games to play next year at Origins. Yeah, and I encourage <laughs> you, even if you're just, even if you normally just listen, like if you're just a game player, you're not interested in design, like, Go to some of these Unpub events anyway and seek out the Unpub people because you will be playing. You'll get to help people make cool new games in the future. You get to have like input on the games that get made on those games. You might get your name in the rule book as a play tester. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun to just play these these games that aren't done yet and see, see it at, diff- at various stages of development. And you're going to make lifelong friends helping people make their games. Like, that's that's the that's the beauty of the whole unpub thing is like they really try to bring in play testers not just designers and like you can you can be involved even if you're not really interested in creating a game whole cloth yeah good stuff 
Yeah, and uh, that's that's where I spent a lot of my time uh, in the evenings at Origins was in the unpub area. We just kind of take over a few tables in the gaming hall and test games and stuff. I was I was doing a lot of that in the evenings, uh, de- demoing my upcoming game Fidelitas, which we're going to be talking more about on a future episode very oh, soon. Yeah. Uh, and during the day, I was hanging out at the Dice Hate Me booth, um, which was awesome because we had some new games. Uh, we, we sold out of my game, The Great Heartland Holland Company. We had a few copies left from the first printing and sold out of them on day one. There was this dude who came in, and he was like, the minute the hall opened on the first day, he went straight to our booth and came up to me and said, you're the first stop, dude. Can I have Heartland? I was oh. just hoping you had it. <laughs> and like I had to sign an autograph. And like I'm like, can I take your picture? Because it's kind of weird that you just rushed to me. That's so like, nice. Out of all these people. That's it was so awesome. Nice. It was a fun, fun thing. We were te- So uh, Viva Java Dice just was released, which is a great little filler dice game. We're going to have to have PC on and have him kind of be egotistical and share a little bit about his game. I have played that. Is, that. is that a filler, oh, filler length thing? Yeah, it's okay. about 30 minutes. Cool. It's a really good dice game. Um so work, working at the booth is always fun. With, working with Dice Hate Me, I got to hang out with Matt and Ben, uh, the fleet guys who have a game coming from Dice Hate Me called Monster Truck oh, Mayhem, that game is, that game is and they were demoing that, fun. hanging around. So I did a lot of that during the day. That's Here's, what seven minutes. That's seven that game plays in seven, seven minutes. Yeah, just about seven minutes. It's, when that comes out, awesome. we gotta have them on again. So good, so good. You guys are gonna love this. We'll have one. a live play of that game so you can hear people screaming <laughs> at each other. We um, we one of my cool moments, the, my favorite moment of all of Origins. As I was hanging out at the booth, and uh, this this guy comes up and he's like looking at our table, and I look at his name tag, and it says Mike Fitzgerald. What? what? Who's that? And a lot of you guys, maybe some of you guys know, maybe some of you guys don't, but this guy is a game designer. He's like one of those veteran game designer guys, right? Um, he he designed a series of games called the Mystery Rummy Games uh, from U.S. Game Systems, among among a ton of other games, too. But those are kind of the ones that are he's, he's most known for. Um, he did one for Rio Grande called Wyatt Earp. He did one for uh, Rio Grande called Bonnie and Clyde. But he did Jack the Ripper Mystery Rummy, right? There's mm-hmm. some, and it's just such a great, great fillers. We might have to talk more about those. But So this dude comes up, and I'm like, um, excuse me, are you? And I, <laughs> he's looking at our booth, and I'm like, are you Mike Fitzgerald of Mystery Rummy? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, and, I, and I'm not like the fanboy guy at the conventions, but I'm like, but you were gushing. I do it. I'm like, can I, can I take my picture with you? Cause <laughs> you're like one of my favorite game designers, and I'm totally, you know. And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, and and he, and, uh, and he's like, so this, this is good, and he like points at you know, Heartland, my game, and we're like, I'm like, you, you played it? Oh yeah, it's great. He's like, he's like, this has like this kind of. Um, it's like one of those micro games, you know, like Love Letter. They should be up there with this doing as well as Love Letter is because it's like a lot of game with a little bit of components and it's got a really nice system going on. And I'm like, what, dude? What are you talking <laughs> about? You, you, you like my game, man? <laughs> so we just start chatting and like we, we stood there. I should have been selling games for Dice Hate Me, but we stood there nah. and we stood there and talked for 45 minutes. Break and time. He was, he was, <laughs> yeah, he was telling us stories about Carl Trudick and. Um, the designer Glory to Rome and his his friend Richard Garfield, the designer his of Magic buddy. the Gathering, you know, yeah, no biggie. And we're just chatting, and he's we're talking about like industry stuff, and he's he's kind of giving me pointers as like the young designer, and and he really like TC's Viva Java Dice too, you know. Yeah. So like TC kind of got a chance to hang out with him a little bit too, and but this was my time. It was just me and Mike for forty five minutes. That's sweet, and man. it was awesome. He was so cool, and 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 just to tell you how another way, maybe, maybe you know that this will help explain how cool this guy is. His job, like now, is, um, you know, you know when you go to Target and you see um, Pokemon decks. Yeah, yeah, he puts those together. He they he... send him all the new cards. 
And he, makes and he the builds starter the decks. theme decks and ah. the starter decks for them and balances them. And, and stuff. that's his job. Well, that's that's one of his jobs. Plus, he's a designer. You know, like what you you put the you put cards together in piles, and, yeah. and oh man, and it's Pokemon, one of the biggest games. You know, like so. Uh, I've never played Pokemon, but Mike is awesome, dude. He's he's super cool, and that was a great great moment for me just to hang out with him and chat. So um, he just has a new game that just just closed on Kickstarter. It's uh it's it's Mystery Rummy Escape from Alcatraz, and um, they're in in partnership with U.S. Game Systems and Griffin Eagle Griffin Games. That's they're right. reprinting right. all five of the official Mystery Rummy ones, which have been out of print for a while. Um, I, I was turned on to the Mystery Rummy games because I did an interview, uh, which I think is probably on Board Game Geek somewhere buried in the forums, mm-hmm. uh, with Alan Moon, the designer of Ticket to Ride, and I asked him what is one of your favorite games, and he told me Descent, I think was one of them or something, and then he said Mystery Rummy Jack the Ripper by Mike Fitzgerald. So I was like, what? So I had to buy it, and yeah. I did. And I'm like, this is great. It's just a twist on rummy. You know, like you have these cards that are kind of some special power cards that give you some strategy to manipulate the deck, but you're basically building sets while somebody might be trying to make Jack the Ripper escape. It's I need totally to play thematic those. and awesome. I need to play those, and we need to do a little series on maybe either mystery rummy or like variations on classic card games like that oh yeah definitely cool. there's some other rummy games that i played too that are just nice twists on rummy so um yeah man it's it was origins was really great this year like we uh we met some friends we had a good time we tested some prototypes we, we I, I sold some games and we played some games we, we played bought some games. some games yeah 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 so um yeah you bought some games we bought some games what is uh what's one of the games that really stood out to you uh that you picked up at origins well i've been trying to get a hold of this game and the retail price of it is supposed to be 15 bucks and everywhere on Amazon it's 40 it's called Star Realms Star Realms so they and this is by White Wizard is that the name of the game company that does it White Wizard Games their name is really small in the box so they they don't care they yeah, that know is, who made it it is White Wizard <laughs> Games it's called Star Realms it's 15 dollars it's a deck builder and this game is a is a must buy. This like, was this went nuts on Kickstarter a while back, right? Yep. And then it hit retail and sold out pretty quickly. It sold out pretty quick, but there's more on the boat on the way here. Yeah. They they, ins- they assure me that there's more coming. Their booth was right across from Dice Hate Me, and it was hopping the whole time. Yes. They had this pallet, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we just had these air shipped in from China, so they could be here for the show. It's the second printing. Yeah. So, and they had a pallet air shipped in. It was a ton of games, and that dwindled as the yes. con went on. So. Star Realms is a deck builder, so if you've played Dominion or any other deck builder, you sort of know the, the you draw five cards, you play as many cards as you can for your turn, and then at the end of the turn you draw five more cards. Um, there's a tableau in the middle of five cards at any point in time that either player is going to buy from, um, and you're, the, the theme is in space, so you're, you are building up this fleet and these space bases to try and whittle away at your opponent's authority. So you have 50 authority, and you're trying to whittle away at your opponent's authority. Uh, Ships can provide three things. They can give you more authority. They can uh, add to your combat, or they can add to your trade. So trade is how you buy cards out of the middle. Combat is how you whittle away at your opponent's authority, and then you can get ships that give you more authority back. Um... Then there's bases. Bases like are sort of the twist on the, or one of the twists of this game. You put it in, a base into play, and it stays in play until your opponent can blow it up with combat or something. Um, so rather than getting into the, like the nitty gritty of of how this game works, because it is a deck builder, 
Um, if you're familiar with deck builders, you'll be familiar with a lot of how this game works. I'm going to talk about the differences. So the main difference, like I said, is one of the main differences, like I said, is the bases. There's bases called outposts that your opponent has to blow up before they can get rid of any of your authority. Um, and then there's bases that are not outposts that have like special abilities um, that can add to your combat or let you draw cards or let you trash cards or whatever. The other thing that makes it different from a lot of deck builders is there's four factions in the game. There's red, the red faction, the yellow faction, the blue faction, and the green faction. They all have different flavors. Like the green ones have like a lot of things that add to your combat and card draw. The blue one, the blue faction has a lot of stuff that gives you your authority back. Red has a lot of stuff that lets you scrap cards out of your deck so you can like cull the weaker cards out of your deck as you go. And yellow lets you... Uh, make your opponent discard cards and stuff. Um, but the the benefit to building towards any one of those factions is that you every a lot of the factions have a special have a symbol of their faction on the card that says if you played a card of that faction previously that turn you get an additional effect. So by building your deck towards one or two factions you can get a lot of extra effects out of the cards that you play. Um, so that's the other big difference, the allying thing, that yeah. was that was really neat. The way that you could kind of tie those, you 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 go for a certain faction yeah. to give yourself opportunities to do more stuff. Yes. So it helps you know what you're buying, and that's essentially what these games are all about, right? Like, it's not about what cards you play because the only cards you play are the ones that you buy. So it's really mm-hmm. the whole crux of the game is what about what do you buy to put in your deck? Exactly. And uh, and the way that they interact, you just really have to think about that. And mm-hmm. it was it was a neat a neat experience. I really like this game mainly because it's so easy to just pick up and start playing. Especially if you've played something like the if Dominion or especially like Ascension or DC Deck Builder. I think these guys were like um, Magic or yeah, Ascension Magic tournament players yeah, or something exactly. like that. Like they have a lot of experience in this kind of game. And um, Darwin Castle and Rob Doherty. Okay, they're Magic guys. Yeah. So, yeah, the, it's it's super easy to to learn and super easy to teach, and you're up and running really quickly. But then you only see like a fraction of the deck every time you play, and then you only see a fraction of the cool interactions that you can get every single time you play. And I've played it probably five times now, and every time I've like tried a different thing and it's worked out differently. Um, so it's there's a lot of gameplay just in this tiny little box. They were also selling this expansion pack that I haven't gotten to yet, but it has like a co-op mode, and it has a um, solo variant, so you can play by yourself. Oh, cool. So, and it's a two-player game out of the box. It comes in a small tuck box. It's around 100, 120 mm-hmm. cards. It, 15 bucks, dude. That's that's a lot of yeah. if you uh, buy a another, lot of game for the value. Yeah, if you buy another box, you can play with four players. Right, I right. Really delved into that. I only bought one box. Yeah, the artwork is okay. Like, I mean, it's it's good. Like, if you like space games, you know, yeah. like, but it doesn't blow me away. Like, yeah, but the um, it's functional. Yeah, but the graphic design really like is very. You know, the yellow is buying stuff. The red is attack. The green is gaining your life back. Like. It's very my my recommendation is it comes with these these scorecards right these Throw authority them cards. In the There's just a bunch of them, like one on one side and fives on the other and then tens and twenties and this is how you count your. It, it's just like so many extra cards, and it's really fiddly way to keep score. So throw them away and get a piece of paper and a pencil and track your score that way because yeah, that would so, be less fiddly. Yeah. As fiddly as pencil and paper is, like the stack of cards is kind of ridiculous. It was yeah. almost harder to figure out my scoring and losing and gaining life than it was like to actually play the game. Yeah. <laughs> but everything but it, else about this game is golden. Yeah, dude, it's it's worth a look for sure. 
So the one that I bought that I, that blew me away was from Blue Orange Games, and it's the new one from uh, the guy that we like to talk about every time he, comes, time out he comes out with a new game, Seiji Kanai, oh. the designer of Love Letter and uh, Cheaty Mages, um, is his new game Brave Rats, and it's it's a duel of the clashing clans, and the idea is that there's these two kind of Scottish rat clans, um, and they the prince of one is in love with the princess of the other, and vice versa. So you're just battling um, to see, I don't know, to win really, to <laughs> to show that your clan is awesome, and to, I don't remember, take your bride or whatever. And the artwork is amazing; it's really fun, colorful. Um, silly things. Now, the cool thing about this game is 16 cards, right? And it's in a little teeny tin, and the cards are numbered 0 through 7. You have identical decks, and each of those cards has a special power on it. You choose a card from your hand, you reveal them simultaneously. The highest card wins, unless the special power trumps that somehow. So, like, example would be um, 0 is... um, the, the round is put on hold. If you play a zero, then this round doesn't count. Whoever wins the next one gets two. Um, number number one is the princess. If if your opponent happens to play the prince, when you play the princess, you win because they're together and their love has been quenched or whatever. Uh, it's very romantic. <laughs> Rat romance in the house. Uh, then there's two, the spy. Um, so next round, the, your opponent has to reveal their card before uh, you choose yours. So it lets you kind of handpick your win. The assassin is number three. The lowest card wins, which is a nice little twist. Because uh, normally it's the highest card that wins. But if you play the three, and anybody who plays anything higher, you're going to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four, uh, the ambassador counts as two victories. The five is the wizard, which is um, it nullifies the power of the other player. So it just cancels whatever they're trying to do to mess you up. The six is the next round. You get uh, you, you do a little planning ahead, and you can get plus two strength to your next card. And the, the seven is just you win because it's it's awesome. So that's like there's just seven cards. It's really simple. It takes about five minutes to play. You're going to want to play it immediately when you're done because there's some really neat interactions. You have to read the other players and outguess like what's their best choice, and then are they going to do their best choice and then they do another choice if they're going to do that choice maybe they're really good it's like that that scene in um princess bride Bride. yeah Yeah, you know just going back and forth Um, and you can like deduce based on what's been played like what they have left and based on that like but you and you can figure out what the ideal card for them to play is and then they just don't play that one just to screw with you (laughs) it's so fun oh dude it's so good and it's it's 11 bucks and it's well worth it. It's a game I, I, I I've played it like ten sure. times with my wife, and like we just we just take it to the coffee shop if it's just the two of us, and we'll just pull it out and play. And and uh, it's well well worth a look. So Star Realms, check it out. Brave Rats. We're talking about two player games on a budget today, so yeah, you're totally. welcome for that. Get them both. Um, that's all. We we've we've went way over on our time today, so um, we're sorry, but we love you. Uh, we are still called the Twenty Minutes of Filler because we want to be. And we appreciate you listening. Um, you the can name find... is more of an ideal. <laughs> yeah, it's a goal. It's a goal. We, uh, we'll be back again to a regular schedule of podcasts. If you want to hear more great podcasts, we are a part of the Dice Tower Network. So you'll find out more about great shows, um, about our wonderful mm-hmm. tabletop gaming hobby at Dicetowernetwork.com. Yeah. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Andy underscore Lennox. And I'm at Jason Gatarski. Thanks for listening. Play some great little games. Yeah.